without the guilt. Though let's be honest, hearing weekly updates about Jen's love life does come with its own baggage. And now, here are your sugar-coated hosts, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. <laughs> guys, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. So Allie and I are performers, guess what? Um, and for a long time, we've been performing live on stage in front of an audience using the internet as a script in a show called Blogologues. And through that, we got really interested in different internet communities and the way people were portraying their identities online. Um, and we decided to make a web series that consisted of a series of interviews with people behind the internet posts. And that developed into this here podcast. So here we are. Welcome, everybody. Ali, how are you doing today? I feel hungry. Oh. And it's because today's episode is all about eating, which is one of my favorite activities. I would say a top five. You've been consistent in that. With my eating? I'm a consistent (laughs) eater. With saying it's one of your favorite activities as long as I have known you. Yes. So you've always always been been this way. It's always been. And we know from our bronies episode that my uh, OC, is that what it's called? Yeah. My character name is Bacon Smile because I love bacon. I could go <laughs> vegetarian with the exception of pig. And I feel badly because I hear that pigs are really smart and I think they they're are. really adorable. And they're Me probably too. like the number one animal to not eat, but I can't stop because hashtag prosciutto. I don't know why I hashtagged <laughs> that. It's not a hashtag at all. Nobody I, should nobody should pick that up. Don't check out that hashtag. It's probably not that interesting. <laughs> you said eating was one of your it was among your top five. Yeah. Yes. Favorite activities. Uh, back it up. Stack rank your top five favorite activities. I Go. knew that was coming. Okay. Yep. Well, performing performing on stage is number one. Avi. Okay. How about performing on this podcast? Where does that rank? Uh, <laughs> well, actually, that's an interesting question because the podcast um, is still a little strange to me because I don't think of it as performing and I actually really should (laughs) you know because it's like the audience isn't there I just feel like I'm alone and talking to myself but it's actually there is an audience and I need to think about it more like that maybe plan some bits you know what I'm saying plan some moments (laughs) instead of just talking into instead of just talking to myself uh okay you know what eating I think is like tied with sleeping Ooh, that's a good one I love a good sleep yep Guys, this is so interesting. Is I know. Is everybody <laughs> riveted? It's a rivet. It's riveting this conversation. Um, um, I just, I just like the idea that for this entire run of the show, you're like, I like adventures. I was in Egypt and Kenya, wherever the fuck you. <laughs> no, were. I've never and been to like, Kenya. Monkeys attacked me. Monkey oh, yeah. attacks. In Nicaragua. Boats, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. A, a that's scuba true. Diving, and then you're like, my top five favorite things: eating, sleeping, breathing. That's it. Love it. <laughs> breathing. No, actually, but, I was about to say scuba. Scuba is probably yes. I, well. I don't know. I mean, like, it's just we, it, it's different because eating and sleeping are also necessities. Like, if I don't scuba, I live. If I don't eat or sleep, I'm really angry. Like, I'm upset. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like different. So performing, you know, eating and sleeping are tied. Then scuba diving. That's four. I don't know. Sexy time is fun, but I'm not gonna say it's like top. <laughs> I was wondering where that would come <laughs> you know in. What I mean? like, okay. Is yeah. it like is it like top? You know what I mean? Because also that's one of those things that if you do it every day, gets like boring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you yeah. actually, sexy time should be in moderation, unless you're a sex addict, and that's a real thing. And we'll talk about that on a different episode. Well, that's really true. But do you feel the same way about scuba that you could do it? Well, could you just could you scuba every single day and it would not get old? I think 
I think I would if I I think I could scuba every day and it would take a long time for it to get old. I think I think there are days I might be lazy where I'd be like, well, I don't feel like putting on my wetsuit and my BCD and all the other. You know what I mean? But I think it would be fun, especially where you're scuba diving, like hanging out with an octopus never gets old. P.S. I saw an octopus once and it inked at me and I named it Gertrude in my head. But let's talk about you, Jennifer. Like how we name dogs. Okay. okay, Yeah. What do you want to know? We do. We we do like to pass dogs in the park and name them. Jennifer, you have not updated us on the multiple men that you're dating. (laughs) And this is absurd. This is absurd. In fact, you texted me last night. Can you send this email for us? Because I'm on a date. And I wanted to text you back and ask who you're out with, but then I thought, save it for the podcast. <laughs> save it. Save it for the public forum. Well, I will just say I went on a really fun date last night. It was a surprise. It was something this guy had been wanting to do for a long time. And it was amateur night at the Apollo. Have you guys Whoa. ever done that? Wait, like he got up and did stand up? No, he did not perform. So you have to audition to be a part of it. And it was five children's groups, amazing dancers. There was like a slam poet. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, there was a singer. And then there were five adult groups. But it is brutal, guys. They lower down the screen after all the acts have gone, like all the children performed. Then they lower down a screen and they have us do this like uh, applause meter thing that raises it up to 100. They bring all the kids on and then we applaud who gets to go to the next round. And hopes and dreams were shattered, I have to say. <laughs> like, it's actually pretty brutal. And then when the, the adults come on and perform, people actually boo them. They didn't get booed off stage, but like some of them oh, got booed. So that's yeah. actually terrible. That's like the internet in real life, where because I they're know. anonymous commenters, they can be assholes. Like that's a real person. That's traumatic. It was so awkward, and the guy Wait, was. With- but what did they do that they that he that he got booed? Well, th- this woman was singing and she was a little off pitch. She couldn't quite hit the notes. Her voice cracked a few times. And they made the point that these are all amateurs. They're not professional performers. And she was singing her heart out and people just started booing, especially the guy next to me, not my date and another guy. <laughs> and we, we were really uncomfortable. We couldn't boo. We only cheered. Don't worry. We did not boo. You should have um, elbowed that asshole in the gut. I know. I know. Um, but Don't I do be have mean to, say, to people, especially in real life, listeners. That's what I, I have to say. I agree. I agree. But that's that culture. I mean, like, have you ever seen, this is broadcast I on know. TV. I don't know if the one you were on, but like, this is, mm-hmm. Amateur Night at the Apollo is a legendary forum for yes. like, yeah. making stars and also like, tomatoes. destroying people. Totally. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. Um, what was that other show when we were kids and like Britney Spears was on it when she was like eight or something? It was Ed Sullivan, right? Or um, uh, what kind of, <laughs> what, the, what, what the F was that show called? No, it was hosted, uh, not Ed Sullivan. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to correct the me. record. Britney Spears was never on the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> no, it, was Ed Ed it was Ed what? McMahon. The guy who delivered the big checks. There's like a you talent know, yes. night. Well, we're, we're, I, it's two things. Uh, I think we're talking about Star Search. Star Search, yeah. That's what it is. It's Star Search. <laughs> separately, the Mickey Mouse Club minted a lot, of, um, a lot of pop stars, Britney. Yeah, and, but I uh, was thinking of Star Timberlake. Search. Yes. I was. <laughs> Which was I the was. American Idol of its time, right? Right. Well, so here's my question. If you're not there for that culture of like tearing down amateurs, which I agree is is very um, rough. Mm-hmm. So you you sort of went in there like as an alien. Did you enjoy yourself? Was it a fun night or was it like, eh, this is uncomfortable? It was so much fun. I think nice. anybody who has the chance to see it should see it because it is an institution for a Wednesday night for a multiple thousand seat theater be, to be packed out with people, wow. families, people holding up signs. It was really really engaging definitely go see it if you have a chance all right now stop avoiding the question how many men are you seeing 
I can't talk about this on the podcast anymore. <laughs> She's gone too deep. I know we're going too deep. Um, I'm still feeling out a couple situations. That's all I'm going to say. But you know what? It, things are moving. A couple along. is two. A couple is two. So you're all still right, seeing you, both right. of the guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. I'm just like, what if they listen to this? They're going to get mad at me. I'm just. Have things- you told them to listen to the podcast? We've talked about the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh mm-hmm, yeah see you guys now you feel bad don't you <laughs> no, I, feel, I don't feel bad at all just tell him to start at the beginning <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> by the time he gets to this one you won't be dating anymore yeah you'll be you'll be married or that'll be it or i'll be married Matt, to one and have a secret life with the other marriage works <laughs> but guys we're like closing in on 50 episodes so like you could be married in f- in a year oh man i guess weeks. that's true yeah it's not unheard of yeah right? but, but matt first of all don't act like you have any idea what dating is. Second sure. of all, uh, but they could binge it and be done in like two weeks. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I assumed <laughs> someone was listening in listening real time. Listening every week. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the true experience, just wait every week. Yeah. <laughs> you thought they were listening in moderation, like normal, <laughs> healthy people. Well, no. just so nobody thinks I'm a terrible person, I, we're not that far into it, and I'm feeling it out, and I will make no, a decision No, you haven't soon. done anything wrong. That's why I want yeah. you to talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Anyway, no, <laughs> let's talk about today's guest. Eating. So today's guest, mm-hmm. he's an eater. He's an eater. Loves yeah. to eat, that guy. Love it. <laughs> so competitive eating has been around for eons, but it has taken itself online and amped up with these eating challenges. I believe we're going to talk to him about the 100,000 calorie eating challenge which yes. is disgusting um but i'm excited is it about 100, it thousand or is it ten thousand or a hundred that hundred thousand i think it's a hundred it's over the course i'm looking at it's over the course of four days though okay okay it's not one sitting but jesus yeah. not one sitting but yeah the internet it really just amps stuff up and now these people are you know they have huge followings on youtube where they sit around and eat stuff which is hilarious mm-hmm. so we're gonna talk to him about his eating habits <laughs> Oh God. They're pretty gross. I, I mean, he know. seems great. I'm going to ask. I'm going to be upfront with him that I think it's gross as well. I'm not speaking behind his back on the podcast, but there's like right. a lot of Pop-Tarts involved, which we've talked about before on this podcast. I want to know how you train yourself not to throw up. I'm sorry. I know that's gross, but like at some point you would become so full you couldn't continue, but they must, There, there's a threshold that they have to be able to cross and I want to know how he does it. Yeah, there's got to be, I wonder, there's got to be like stomach training. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. his stomach, if you like opened him up inside, if his stomach is like a really loose, flabby organ now. <laughs> <laughs> flabby stomach. Yeah. That's one probably. of his videos. <laughs> he looks, he looks <laughs> in shape inside. though. He doesn't yeah, he just look like, a, like, yeah. A young I feel guy. like yeah. I feel like he eats 100,000 calories and then works out for days on end. You have to. If yeah, you, you must. I don't know what would happen. Yeah. You must. Um, his name is Eric the Electric on YouTube. So uh, that's who we are talking to today. Well, we're going to get into that, guys, but we need to take a break. We have uh, a few sponsors lined up, so we're going to we're going to break here. Before we get to that, it is trivia time. I can't wait. I'll I'll grin and bear it. All right. <laughs> okay. Today's topic is about competitive eating, uh, which we all agree is kind of strange, and there's a lot of strange phenomena on YouTube. Today's trivia is about YouTube, and it's a pretty straightforward question that I find really interesting. What insanely popular YouTube video literally broke YouTube's view counter because it had too many views? 
when Which was video? it? I have choices for you. Shut up, your choices. We get choices. Oh shit, I forgot there was multiple <laughs> choice. You just made my day. Alright. A. Gangnam Style by Psy. B. Hello by Adele. We're talking these are the mu music videos, of course. Yes. Or C. Wheels on the Bus by a uh, YouTube channel called Little Baby Bum. Well, that's a wild card. Uh, first reaction is Gangnam Style. Yeah, that one feels obvious, but I'm trying so hard not to Google. I know. Yeah, you keep know those, what? Keep those browser tabs closed. Th this is how I think Matt is thinking about it. I think Gangnam Style is the obvious answer. I think he threw the last one as a wild card because we might be like, oh, that's so weird. It might be so, right. So, like, throw us off, right? So, it's going to be hello. I think the answer is hello. It, it has to be. I'm going to go with Gangnam Style. Matt, I know how you think. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this is less about trivia and more about unpacking my, uh, yeah, my psyche. Definitely. Totally. That's, That's what all those games are about. Uh, indeed. <laughs> and then later, once we crack you, Matt, we're going to terrorize you. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get all the Trader Joe's gift cards. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jen, okay. you're going with B, which B. is Hello by Adele. Uh, Allie, you're sticking with A, Gangnam Style by Psy. Yeah. We will find out the correct answer after the break. So guys and gals, we want to share with you a show that we've been listening to, another podcast that we really like. It's called Your V-Life, and it is all about the vagina. That's right. Capital V, V-Life. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like WebMD, but it's way better, and it won't end up with the internet telling you that you have cancer. You're, exactly. <laughs> um, I feel like... I was listening to it and I just felt like Dr. Sean is like the Mr. Rogers of medicine. And Regina is like this trusty Muppet sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love know that. Made no that. Sense, I love just go that. with it. Yeah. Also, That's Muppet feels like it. a euphemism for a vagina, so I'm into it. Yeah. Um, I just um, want you to know, Regina, Jen did not just call you a vagina. It just seemed like it. It just seemed like it. But also, that's a compliment. You know what I mean? Like, it is a, a vagina, girl. Like, that's a compliment. Yeah. I, know. I just, I feel like it's such a brilliant idea to make this into a podcast because we all have, all women have to go to these OBGYN appointments. And I know we all kind of dread them to some extent, but you also want to know so much. I don't know if everyone out there realizes this, but the vagina is a very complex environment. It it's has a mystical it's, place. <laughs> it's a mystical place. Sometimes magical, but sometimes like terrifyingly mystical. We're <laughs> like, what the F is going on? It's hard as a woman not to feel judged for your questions. But he's yeah. just going ahead and predicting all your questions and answering them. And also, uh, in one episode, he went from like egg freezing to poop in the span of five minutes. And I was like, this is a kindred spirit. You know, what That's I mean? my kind of conversation. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, He is like the 2G1P of doctors where you can ask him anything and he won't judge you. AMA for your vagina. That's right. So if you want to check it out, go to your vlife.com you can also find it in apple podcasts and we will link it in the show notes enjoy and now a very real advertisement entitled men's gift ideas beef novelty gift funny candle gag gift scented soy candles man cave gift for boyfriend unique gifts redneck gift from the website that just screams man cave etsy.com Beef, it's what's for dinner. Well, maybe not in this case, but it smells good enough to cook up and eat. I can't make any promises that it would survive the grill though. <laughs> Best to just light it in your home or office and enjoy the aroma. Then let someone else cook for you. Honest opinion. 
smells just like the real deal. Carry this candle with you next time you head to the butcher shop. You won't be able to tell the difference. Gift boxes are now available. Just select with gift box at checkout and your candle will arrive in a beautiful decorative gift box. Size four ounce jar burn time 25 to 30 hours if you are a true meat fan then you need this candle sitting on your shelf scented candle and you are all set So into the beef candle, but I'd definitely go for a bacon candle. I know, girl. I think I would do the beef as well. I just like when you smell it, you want to eat it. So I don't know. All right, Matt, let's hear that trivia. Today's trivia is about YouTube, which is uh, important to today's show topic, competitive eating, a huge phenomenon on YouTube. And we're talking about huge YouTube videos. Uh, there was a video that quite literally broke the view counter on YouTube because it had too many views. Your choices were A, Gangnam Style by Psy, B, Hello by Adele, the music video, of course, and C, Wheels on the Bus by a YouTube channel called Little Baby Bum. Uh, Ali, you went with the classic Gangnam Style, and... I'm a classic, Jen, classy lady. That's what everyone classic, always says about gal. me. <laughs> And Jen, you unpacked my psychology and tried to go for B, which was That's, Adele. That is correct, Matthew. Jen, mine fucked you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's we'll see, see if it paid off. Let's see if it paid off. <laughs> the correct answer is A, Gangnam Style. Oh, no. Boom. Matt see, knew he was going to be mind fucked and then he mind fucked you, us. No, I here's, no, no, I won. Here's the thing, Jen. Here's what you didn't factor in. What? Is he lazy? <laughs> Oh, well, now I know. Now I, it's been confirmed. Right, right. Because yeah. basically, basically, the answer was, what's the most popular video on YouTube? No. Uh, so here is the interesting facts. Oh, here. what's the most popular? Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, so here, Gangnam Style was the most popular video on YouTube by far for a long time. And it is no longer the most popular. It's actually only the fifth most popular as of what? today or the most recent stats. Um, Despacito is the most popular video on YouTube by a crazy margin. 5.4 billion with a B views. That is a mind-blowing You do spell billion with a B. That's true. Yes, that's true. That's true. That, that is, is true. That is okay, true. what are yeah, the so. others? What are the others? So just going down the list here, um, See You Again, which is Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Puth, has 3.7 billion. Uh, these are almost all music videos, which I find so fascinating as well. Right. Um, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran is number three, which at 3.7 billion. It's neck and neck really with, uh, with See You Again. Uh, I love four Ed Sheeran. Is Oh, Masha and the Bear, which is a kid's show from Russia. I, I actually know the show. My kids have I didn't watched see it. That it's coming. cute. Okay. No, not at all. Fourth most... Uh, popular YouTube video or most viewed 3.2 billion then Gangnam Style at number 5 then Uptown Funk and um, what I find interesting is that Hello by Adele oh no I guess it never beat um, it never beat Gangnam Style but it was the the second or third video to reach a billion views so Gangnam Style was in the billion club alone for a good while and then 
Adele joined that club, but I, I suppose did not exceed it. But here's why Gangnam Style broke YouTube. Um, it, as I said, it was the most viewed video for a long time. And in 2014, Gangnam Style reached a very specific number of views. That number is 2,147,483,647 views. A very specific number, which is the highest integer that a 32-bit computer system can count to or generate or calculate. And huh. that's kind of weird. It's like computers can do anything, but like if you're working in a 32-bit computing environment, all the permutations of numbers can only kind of like count up to or add up to that specific number. And when you reach that number, if you're playing like a video game in a 32-bit system and you reach that number of points or score or money, that's it. You cannot go further than that because computationally, it's like a wall for a 32-bit system. So, like the designers of YouTube, their counter was a 30 was in a 32-bit environment, and like when they launched YouTube, uh, they could never fathom that a video would reach two billion views. And lo and behold, Gangnam Style broke YouTube's counter, and it forced YouTube to upgrade their counter, whatever algorithm or software, to a 64-bit computing environment which is fine it's like it's nothing fancy like probably our all of our computers that we're using right now are 64-bit it's it's nothing earth-shattering but it was notable in 2014 that this one video forced youtube to kind of like upgrade their system because gainum style was so damn popular you know what Whoa, i Matt. think is the funniest part how many people on earth like seven billion eight billion two billion <laughs> right. viewed that video. i mean right. I, I think maybe they like maybe a few people viewed it on multiple browsers <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but still it's a high percentage of the world right isn't that mind-blowing and, and it's fascinating to me that they're almost all music videos and one kid's show because kids watch the same shows and episodes over and over again but like people listen to music videos and if you don't pay for spotify or you know you didn't buy a thing from itunes or a cd youtube is a free way to listen to your favorite song over and over and over so like obviously the same people are listening many times but like despacito five billion views that like you that said that shocks me i don't shocking really know about that but i think with um gangnam style because there was a dance associated with it as well i bet people were rewatching it to learn the dance totally yeah i know yeah, people I did. were doing kind of like yeah. pranks and stuff we did one. Oh, that's true <laughs> they were yeah. like flash mobbing gangnam style yeah 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 because <laughs> right. yeah, it, it, right. it also became kind of like a phenomenon mm -hmm. okay so uh speaking of uh really high views uh let's talk about really high calories and uh, I think it's time for our Girl, guest. you're so good with those transitions. You're so oh, good. Oh, right, right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, we are so excited, so thrilled to have with us right now, Eric the Electric, a YouTube competitive eater. Welcome, Eric. Thanks for having me. So how did you get into this competitive eating phenomenon? How did it start? And did it start with YouTube or were you doing it before that? So I honestly, it's still to this day, pretty strange to people to uh, tell people that I know that I'm a competitive eater, but I honestly, I grew up watching man versus food. Man versus food was like my favorite show growing up. And I watched this guy travel around and just do these crazy eat feats. And I always wanted to try it myself. I am a, a guy that's always really loved food. I grew up pretty overweight as, as a kid and I knew I could always eat. And so, uh, went through a pretty drastic weight loss period. And then, um, after a, a point in time, I was like, you know what, I just want to try my first, you know, food challenge now that I was kind of out of that. And I was more of like the fit guy. So I wanted to try it and see 
if I could actually do something. And I ended up doing one of uh, Adam, Adam Richmond's food challenges, the, the guy from Man vs. Food. I ended up beating the record at a place that he did one of the food challenges at. And I was like, you know what? That's that's really awesome. And I want to I want to keep doing it. Wait, so Eric, what was this first challenge that you beat? Okay, so I did a challenge called the Iron Man Challenge. It's actually... Uh, exclusive to a place called the Broken Yoke in San Diego. They have a few different locations too, but it was on Man versus Food, and it was one of like his most famous challenges. It's a it's a twelve egg omelet. It's uh, two gigantic one pound. They they said they were one pound biscuits, but I I highly disagree with that. Uh, and it, there was also a ton of potatoes on it, just like a giant breakfast platter. And they serve it on this huge pizza pan. And they brought this thing out to me, and this was after a huge bike race that I did. And uh, I saw I was really really hungry, and I, I beat this thing in like thirty. I think it was like thirty one minutes, and his time was like. Like 38 39 minutes and on man versus food and i was like you know what this is actually kind of fun <laughs> and so i was just like i'm gonna do a, a ton of them and you know I, I eventually just found that these things were really really fun to do yeah eating's fun but how's the <laughs> iron man challenge i thought iron man is when you like bike swim and run uh, a good question honestly i have no idea uh it just sounded really cool <laughs> to them so I'm, I'm pretty sure they just wanted to name it that so yeah that's fair the first time you did this, how did you feel after you ate all of that food? I'm sure that takes some getting used to. Yeah, um, I honestly, it was really hard at first just because it's so much sodium and it's just a ton of just greasy food. Um, I felt pretty bad. <laughs> I okay. honestly, after you eat a ton of carbs and a ton of sodium, the, the only thing you want to do is just take a nap and drink as much water as possible, uh, which is basically what I did. <laughs> so, Does that go on for a few days typically? Um, back then it did, but now my body's okay. just so accustomed to the the types of uh, challenges that I do right now. To that what it, you do to it? Yeah, to what I do to exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so afterwards, do you fast for days or do you fast beforehand? Or like, do you um, eat 12 dozen eggs and then the next day you <laughs> eat more eggs? Yeah, it's uh, back then it was so, it was, like I said, it was pretty abnormal for me. And so I I took about, I was not hungry for the next day, but now my body is, is so accustomed to everything that I do that it's just like, I'm hung, like I've, I'm away in Texas doing food challenges right now uh, every other day. And I am, I've just put my body through that type of regimen that it's just, it expects that much food and so like i did a, a 10 pound pizza challenge last week and woke up the next day and i was just ready for food like it's just it, it kind of just goes through me so okay so do you do you work out a ton like how does yeah. this how does this happen yeah that's usually what people ask i'm a i'm actually an endurance like i do a lot of uh, road cycling so if you think spandex skinny tires um all of that i'm pretty much that's like my my regiment that I, I i do i'm usually in the gym for about you know two to three hours a day um a lot of people like will look at my videos working off those pizzas yeah exactly exactly a lot mm -hmm. of people will just be like you know what i wish i could eat that much food with that high metabolism it, it's not that at all like if i wasn't doing as much activity as i do i would be uh, i'd be a pretty hefty guy <laughs> so okay so tell us about the journey to creating your own youtube channel where you you also create challenges now right Right, right. So mm -hmm. it all started with with restaurant challenges. So I got started watching Matt Stoney, Furious Pete, all those other YouTubers that are still do they're still in the game now doing food stuff. And um, I wanted to create something that was pretty much my own show and YouTube was the platform to do it. Um, I started off, like I said, with restaurant challenges. And it was pretty cool to get that type of like, you know, response from my friends and family like, Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you ate all that. But I wanted to be able to show the world that's like my own personality and my character 
character behind those videos. And so I started back in 2014, just kind of just doing, um, I posting my fitness stuff on my YouTube channel, but also posting food challenges. And I noticed that I got such a drastically different response when I was posting food challenges rather than just fitness videos. People really, really, really love food. And I can't remember who I heard it from, but somebody along the lines, they were just like, people in this day and age aren't eating with their mouths anymore. They're eating with their eyes. And so, you know, people just really, really love watching these gigantic food challenges. And so I kind of put my own spin on it in over what it's been three, four years now. And here I am today with, I have about 530,000 subscribers on YouTube and, um, uh, over 80 million views on my channel. So, I mean, I, I love what I do. It's, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. I would also love eating all day. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in a particular phase of food challenges or a type of food that you're focusing on right now? Or how do you choose? Um, so it's actually funny you, you asked that. So my, my birthday is next week and I'm doing a video actually today. Um, I'm going to be filming it. It's, it's, uh, I do monthly carb collection videos. So every month there's, we're actually pretty much every day, every week here in America, we get new food stuff, but I'll go out and get like the latest, like new food challenge or new food items out of like fast food restaurants and I'll make a challenge out of it. So, you know, for example, like Cinnabon just released an all new, like churro, like churro sandwich, which has like cream filling on the inside oh, of it. Shit, that sounds dangerous <laughs> sounds good yeah it, it does but yeah oh my so God. Make... i loved cinnabons as a kid my brother ate two and then he vomited oh my God. <laughs> that's not good i don't want to hear that i don't want to vomit right now this is gonna be crazy no, I mean, no, but I... he, he didn't he didn't train like you did also i think he was eight years old i don't know oh, why okay, my mother different. let him have two that's different <laughs> anyway but, uh... okay so the churro yeah. So I go out and I'll get, I'll get a bunch of those today. I'll get like a birthday cake and stuff and then kind of like make my own, um, you know, carb collection out of it. That's kind of what I do every single month. And, um, it's kind of cool because I created that, that carb collection series, like a once per month thing. And then people just love, they love it, you know, and I'll, I'll repost it once a month and, uh, just do different types of variations of fast food stuff. And it's cool because fast food is something that you can pretty much, uh, you can do a ton of like there's new stuff coming out like every other week. So uh, that's why I kind of just love putting my own spin on all that. I'm worried about your health. <laughs> just, just fast with I you also know, saw a challenge where it was all it was all like Pop-Tarts and Oreos and Funyuns. Yeah, I don't know where the Funyuns came. I don't remember that, but I remember a lot of Pop-Tarts and Oreos. I, the thing is, it was a bag that I didn't recognize, so I just made up Assumed Funyuns there was right a Funyun. now. It was probably that Takis. That sounded um, right, you know. What? Takis are basically like, they're, I was actually just introduced to these. They're basically like rolled tortilla chips that are spicy. And um, the, the the teenagers now in, our, our, in, in America, they absolutely love them. So they're like, you should do a Takis challenge. So I did um, a gigantic Takis pizza with like a bunch of Takis. Better than Tide Pods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, they've been telling me to don't do that do challenge too. Don't do everything the kids tell you. I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing nope. that yeah, challenge. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, but to, to reassure you, my health is actually, my doctor says it's, it's like, it's one of the best he's seen out of out of everybody else he sees um i take very um i'm very meticulous with my health i get blood work done every two months um and my everything is completely normal like if i did this every single day it would be drastically different i'd probably be dealing with diabetes uh, heart disease um all of that stuff so i take very i take a huge um uh look at my health very very frequently just to make sure that everything is on point because you can get um things can get out of whack pretty quickly if you're not careful 
So do you have a schedule where like after you complete one, you can't do another one for a little while or? Yeah. So my frequency, um, it's a little bit different since I'm doing restaurant challenges here in Texas. So like I've been doing one every other day or every other couple days, but if it's like these massive high calorie Oreo, pop tarts, pizza, all this, this stuff, if it's that, uh, when I'm back home, it's usually like once a week or once every other week. It's just, that's, that's like my, uh, my line that I, I draw because any more than that, it gets pretty, um, rough. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. What sort of mindset do you get in for these challenges? And is there a pleasure in eating aspect or is it mostly just like kind of seeing how far you can push it? Um, the pleasure aspect kind of goes out the window. I always tell people like, you know, I stop really enjoying the food after, you know, the first, you know, few minutes of the challenge. I pretty much like I have to realize that like what I do now is just uh, it's mainly for my audience. You know, I um, I don't eat these things every I very very rarely eat what I eat on camera um you know every you know it's very very infrequent for me but yeah I, I tell people like if you saw my daily diet every day it's it's oatmeal fruit vegetables you know things that are considered quote unquote boring to people so so Eric what's the most amount of calories you've ever eaten in one sitting the most amount of calories I've ever eaten in one sitting is right around 21,000. I actually had a subscriber. Uh, he sent me a um, to my PO box, which is crazy. He sent uh, an entire vending, like it was meant to stock a vending machine. And there's the, there are those grandma's cookies. Um, they're like the little chewy chocolate chip cookies. He sent an entire box of those, which is like, I think there was like, like I want to say like 200 in it. And he sent a gigantic box of, of moon pies and so I made an impossible, it was called the impossible moon pie cookie mountain. I didn't even know what else to call it, but I just made this entire mountain of, of cookies and moon pies. And it was literally like, I, I can't even describe to you how painful that was, oh my <laughs> it was God. So crazy. but it was like, I can't not do something with this. So I was just like, why not create something gigantic out of it? So it was pretty cool. You must have felt so cracked out after that for like a week. I don't. You're. I can't even imagine like walking around and trying to be normal after that. Yeah, I was like, I was. I had cookie uh, all over. It, the, the worst part, I part, worst part about everything is, is like my my apartment. I do. I film everything in my apartment usually, and it's like my my. It'll like be in my carpet, and I'll like it won't. It I, I, no matter how much I clean my table, everything it always it always ends up on my floor. <laughs> it's like the worst. I'm like, oh no, my apartment smells like cookies and everything now. But uh, but. No, you couldn't get rid of the it, cookie smell. I can never <laughs> yeah. get rid of the cookies. Wait, having your apartment smell like cookies is pretty great. Like it could smell <laughs> like shit. Exactly. Not after eating twenty one thousand calories worth of them. <laughs> you just not like yeah. you don't want to think about it. I love yeah, the image of it like you haunting have guests you. Come yeah. over. <laughs> it smells like cookies. Yeah, I, I guess I guess to the, the guests it, it will just be a cookie smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Tell us about the hundred thousand calorie challenge. Okay, so these calorie challenges, I have to kind of just go a little bit back a ways here. So these calorie challenges, they they all started as the ten thousand calorie challenge. Like if you went on YouTube in 2014, 2013 and typed in 10,000 calorie challenge, all you would see were these fitness YouTubers doing like, you know, going out and buying a bunch of Oreos and pizza and then like failing hard at 5,000. Maybe if they, if they were lucky, they'd get to 5,000 um, calories. And back in 2014, when my channel was kind of just starting to come up a little bit, I wanted to see what it would like if uh, a person like I was into fitness, I'm into fitness, but as a competitive eater, what it would be like to take in um, to try one of these calorie challenges. So I attempted the 10,000 calorie challenge back in 2014. I ended up doing 16,000 and I was like, wow. And I 
I was with my girlfriend at the time and uh, it was, it was one of the easiest challenges ever. I was like, this is, this is so simple. I'm going to redo this. And so I went out the next month and I did, I think it was 25,000. And then I just like people, once I started that, it, that was when my channel really took off. Like that's when people started seeing my channel. Wait, is- so other people couldn't do it. How, how, why do you think it was so easy for you to surpass the 10,000? Um, because my stomach capacity is, is three times larger than the average person. So it's one of those like people that are into fitness and they're, you know, these people that hundreds have hundreds of thousands of followers on, on Instagram and YouTube try to do these things. And they're not used to eating large or like, they're not used to eating these large amounts of food with like tons of carbs, tons of sugar, tons of all, you know, everything in them, sodium. And so they get into these challenges and they're not used to failing at things like this. So I thought it was pretty funny for me, um, just to see these people that are used to like succeeding at, at things. But when it comes to food and like food challenges, it was, it was just interesting to me. So I wanted to see what it would be like if I took it on myself. Um, and so I ended up doing like a crazy amount of calories. And then I put my own, my own spin on it. I did, you know, 20,000 calories of fruit and vegetables. Then I did, um, I did 30,000 calories after that. And so, um, my biggest video, um, still on my channel is the 50,000 calorie challenge. So that one had, that one has about four and a half million views. And, um, that's the most views I've ever gotten on a video. And so my audience, ate that up. They loved that video. And so the year later I did 60,000 calorie challenge, my second most viewed video on my YouTube channel. And those, um, those were each for one year. So I wanted, I, my, my goal for each year is to do one big video, one big calorie challenge. And so I was planning the hundred thousand calorie challenge immediately after the, the 60,000 ended, you know, everybody was like, Oh, you got to do a hundred thousand. What Eric's got to do a hundred thousand. That's if you go on my channel, that's what everybody was saying on that video. And so, mm-hmm. um, when this year started, I, I began planning it and I was just like, I'm going to do something that the internet has never seen before. Um, I'm actually going to be able to, uh, well, I didn't think I, I, I didn't think I'd be able to do it. I was going to give it everything that I had because a hundred thousand calories is so much food. It's insane. And how much food is that for um, our listeners? I would and me. say, uh, that's a good question. Um, I put down about over, a f- I think it was less than four days. That's about probably, I'd say like 25 pounds of just straight chocolate um, like that. And that's, I mean, cause I only say that because I had a subscriber send me another huge PO box full of, she had to spend about $350 on this, this package of just straight up Cadbury, uh, Kit Kats, Reese's. And that was like half of the calories that I used for hundred K. So that was, and that way you probably, get the best swag. <laughs> I know my subscribers, they know how to hook it up. What can I say? They really do. They're so generous. Yeah. So they, Wait, so they, they just send you gifts of food and they're like, please, I want to watch yeah. you eat this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I had a girl that worked for Reese's and she sent me in my favorite candies, Reese's. And she sent me like this huge care package of Reese's. And it's like, that's another part of I, me loving what I do is I get, I get stuff like that and I get to, um, you just interact with people that are, that are awesome. Um, but yeah, this, this, this girl that lived on the East coast, she sent me all of this, this, it was, it had to be a little less than 25 pounds of chocolate. And she sent that all to me and I consumed the majority of that for the, for the hundred K. So, um, shout out to Victoria for, from the East coast for sending that to me. Yeah, Victoria. <laughs> Hi, Victoria. We love chocolate, Victoria. We'll yeah, send you our she, PO she box. It up. Oh, Victoria. Yeah. You could send us some chocolate. I don't want that much chocolate. You like sure? you could send me like, I'll take it. I mean, it's, it yeah. was all really I'm good, good chocolate. I'm good. It was all good chocolate. Yeah, just, just 
just a little. Just <laughs> I don't even know how to compare it. Okay, so hundred thousand challenge. Uh huh. So the whole goal of all that was to do hundred thousand in a hundred hours. And um, I, w- going into that, I did not plan it as I should have planned it because I did way too much on the first day and ended up uh, on the second day just kind of just waking up and not feeling like I was human because I ate way too much, way, way, way too much sodium and in, in, in sugar the first day. But I ended up just, I did 101,000, I think at like the 72 hour mark. Um, so I, I basically, I rebounded and then, and then got, you know, got my second win back and then I was able to do it. But I, um, yeah, that was the most painful, um, I've ever, like, that's the most pain I've ever been in. I woke up at, you know, like two in the morning. I could feel like my, (laughs) it felt like my pancreas was beating like a drum, like in my, like in, in my, in my back. It was horrible. I've, I literally had, that's not what you want. Do you have a coach? Do you have a coach? Uh, I, I, I feel like you need somebody to be like, come on, Eric. Like, I'll do no, it if you want. Uh, no, well, Jen, don't encourage him. My, you my, need a medical professional <laughs> with you during these challenges. Oh, okay. My girlfriend now is my coach. She coaches me through my, my challenges. But no, uh, I um, that was uh, my stomach literally felt like it was about to just just straight up just blow up. I was actually contemplating going to urgent care, but I didn't. Um, oh God. Wait, what does your girlfriend do that she's qualified to coach you <laughs> she's through actually, this? Uh, she's is she, actually, is she a she's, nurse? I hope she's, she's a nurse. She coaches nutrition online and she oh, okay. owns her own okay. business. Okay. So okay. She, cool. she knows, cool. she knows the health aspect really well, but yeah, there's a, that was a, that was really painful for me to do. Uh, okay. But then you beat it. <laughs> I did. I ended up doing it. I did 101K in uh, in 72 hours. So, is there a th- some sort of third party verification? Not that we don't believe you, but like, is there some um, other person or like I don't know Guinness or World Records or something that's like, yep, you did consume these calories or these candy bars had these calories. They added up and boom, you got to 100. Or, or are we just taking um, your word for it? Basically, Matt thinks you're a fucking liar. <laughs> it's funny because I got that's what's happening. Yeah. So it's actually I've I've gotten. Um, a tremendous amount of, of people that you know have doubted the accuracy behind everything that I do. I mean, and I always respond to them. You know, if you want to, to doubt the accuracy, I mean, not just me, but with everybody else that does food challenges, kind of look what they do in their history and um, you know what they've they're you know they posted in, in the past. Like, and, and people will see that I've consumed you know 14, 15, 16 pounds of food in a sitting, and I'm, I've done multiple contests, so I'm, I'm more than capable of consuming that amount. But um, to answer your question, no, there's no like actual person to verify the authenticity behind everything. But um, I know I have a few friends like La Beast, you know, Furious Pete, um, even Matt Stoney, who have all done you know Guinness World Records. And uh, for that, you actually have to be in like the actual like Guinness studio, and they have to have a person there with like a stopwatch and everything to actually watch you to make sure that you're doing everything so um i'm not really into all of like the whole like I, i'm not i'm never gonna like break a world record you know i'm not like that type of person i just kind of enjoy myself and i'm a youtuber and my whole uh point is to entertain people and so as long as my audience is entertained um i'm i'm happy with that but there's always going to be people that doubt things you know um mm-hmm. i just always tell people to go watch whatever i have on my channel to kind of let people know that I, I'm more than capable of that. So T- totally. And I suppose all the footage is there, meaning we see you putting all of the items in your mouth and chewing and swallowing. You're not like eating a candy bar, then cutting and then eating yeah. another one. Right. Right. So you've mentioned uh, all of these generous people who send you food. And you've also mentioned some other YouTubers who are also in the realm of competitive eating mm-hmm. on this podcast. We often like to look at how the internet brings communities of people together. So I'm curious for you, what sort of community have you found through making these videos and competitive eating? Um, and like, since you are competing with some of these other eaters, I would imagine, like, are you all friends? How does that work? 
Yeah, it's um, it's rather interesting to see. Um, I actually like to you know bring up people that are actual like like there's major league eating which is an actual like eating federation that's like sanctioned and it's like people that are like actual traveling around competitive eaters that don't do youtube um i'm friends with a good majority of them as well through youtube um i've actually done a few contests with that organization um over the years in different ones too and it's always it's interesting to be to actually do like in real life contests with professional like day-to-day competitive eaters that use that as like a main income source um and they literally just blow me out of the water you know it's it's literally um like watching a a a female who's you know barely over 100 pounds eat 23 pounds of pumpkin pie um is literally like the most like insane thing you'll probably ever see in your life and like that to me to be that type of competitive eater to be that top level type of uh you know uh eater is just it's unfathomable to me just because of the things that it you know the, the type of person it takes. It takes a lot of work. It takes a it just an extremely dedicated person. And so that type of community really, um, just being friends with a lot of those people has really, um, really made me just a, a different person. I always feel um, like a lot of them are super humble and down to earth. And also too, like I said earlier, my channel started as a fitness channel. So I often, I go around to, you know, it's interesting to walk around fitness expos and have people come up to you and be like, I watch you all the time when I'm, I'm dieting and I watch you when I'm on the treadmill. I watch you when I'm, yeah. you know, I'm doing all these things. And, uh, it's, it's interesting to me just to be able to be in a few different niches and communities. Um, now when it comes to the YouTubers, it's interesting because I, I have, um, I have a few friends that do what I do on YouTube and I have uh, people that do what I do on YouTube that aren't huge fans of me. Um, and so it's been, you know, interesting to kind of, I feel like YouTube now, and especially like online, um, this can actually probably be said for the vast majority of people that have social media followings and, um, do things like YouTube. Uh, they see YouTube as like a popularity contest. So whoever gets more views and whoever gets more subscribers or who makes, you know, um, all, you know, just the craziest content and everything people tend to see that person as like superior. And I think that that's, that's bogus. You know, I, I, I think that, um, YouTube is something that everyone should, should do and have fun with. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that, you know, people see as, um, you know, um, something that you can, you're superior because, you know, you have more of a following than somebody else does. I'm, I'm so I'm compared to a lot of other YouTubers that are, are foodies and that do eating challenges on YouTube. And that's something that I'm, I'm, constantly bombarded with daily is like, you know, you could be better than this guy or this guy's better than you, or this video is better than you. It's just, you know, um, that's kind of where I, I, uh, I kind of just, I get a little tired of YouTube in a way, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. I would say that the, 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 the competitive eating community has always been super awesome though. What about a community with your viewers? Um, so I am very, uh, I actually have a second channel on YouTube that's, uh, just dedicated to people that are in recovery from, from eating disorders specific, specifically. Cause I'm uh, actually, I had a, I had a really bad anorexia when I was a teenager. And so I have a uh, very open, um, very open about mental health awareness and, um, being able to, to talk to people like that because it's another passion of mine. And so a lot of people actually that watch my videos are either, um, that are, most of them are in recovery from eating disorders and people that actually, you know, have active dis- eating disorders as well, watch my videos. And so I've been able to, to talk to hundreds, maybe even thousands of people, um, that are in recovery or just need help 
or anything like that. So that's been absolutely amazing for me. And I hope to do more in the future. Uh, so my second channel is more dedicated to, to mental health awareness and everything. But uh, just generally speaking, my uh, my interaction with my, with my audience and my subscribers, I mean, that goes to my Instagram. I do a lot of live streams. I do uh, just a lot of Q and A's. I just, I think it's one of the, I mean, my subscribers made me. They made me who I am today. They made my YouTube channel. Um, so I try to dedicate as much time as I possibly can to them. What was your journey from, uh, you know, battling an eating disorder into competitive eating? That's a question I get a lot. Um, I feel like that. I figured was, you've yeah, heard this I, one before. I'm not original. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you are. It's it's fine. I uh, I actually <laughs> feel like this was something that um, like that challenge I told you guys about my first challenge was actually about six months after I got out of my out of the hospitalization program that I was in. And it was more of like a transformational uh, mindset that I had to, uh, to take on because uh, I was used to being afraid of food for about uh, eight years of my life and constantly worrying about what I put in my mouth and um, worrying about every calorie that I ate and worried about every everything that I, I consumed. And I felt like um, I didn't have to worry anymore and I didn't have to be afraid of what I was eating and, and, and everything. And I didn't have to do hours upon hours of exercise to, to counteract that. I realized that I would never have a quote unquote normal relationship with food again. Um, but also at the same time that I had something that not a lot of people could do. And so I'm able to now be able to balance that, um, and be able to control it. And I feel like people constantly, they ask me like, how could you go from one extreme to the other? But they say that without knowing the way that I live my life now. Um, people tend to say things like that by just looking at YouTube channels and looking at Instagram pictures and looking at things that they see online without knowing the person. So I'm very, um, I, I would say that I'm, I'm extremely happy right now with my life and that's all that really matters to me. So uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the conversations that go on on that channel, like people battling eating disorders. Um, you know, how does watching your eating videos help them? So I actually, it, it actually extends more to more than just eating disorders. I've actually had people, I had a, uh -huh. a lady come up to me who had a, um, uh, a stomach, uh, some sort of stomach cancer, I believe she said, and by eating or by watching me eat, she was able to, to, to eat food. I had somebody that came up to me that had a, um, a brain tumor. Um, someone that wasn't, he, he was in a hospital bed and just watching my videos gave him an appetite again and he was able to laugh and things like that. Um, but, uh, people, when people tell me things like that, it, it really, it, it makes me even feel, feel, feel even better about more, I should say, feel even more better about what I do. But the conversation to answer your question, it, it actually, people tend to see me as this quote unquote, like fully recovered, like, you know, person that never has any issues anymore. But I'm very open with the fact that I will have an eating disorder for the rest of my life. It's just about being able to, to cope with it and being able to, um, to have balance in your life. Um, so I'm not by any means like a medical professional, but I'm always, um, I, talk to people that want to share their stories. And I feel like um, the biggest thing you can you can do when it comes to things like that is to be vulnerable and be open with how you struggle. And so by uh, I've gotten thousands of emails over the past few years and, and people that have, have wanted to share their stories with me. And so just by doing that, I feel like that opens up a very, that opens up like the, the, the first step in recovery for people. And so I feel like that's huge. Yeah, that's great. Are you concerned though that your stomach has been stretched too far? Um, I just well, want to bring I'm, it back up and ask you about your it's organs. Fine. It's fine. You know, um, so like, when, did you did you consciously stretch it? Like, how does that work? Are there stretches? So the actual process of all of that happening um, is so when I was in the 
probably the, the the darker years of my eating disorder i would fast for about 22 to 23 hours and i would eat pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds of vegetables so doing that over six months to a year to two years literally stretched my stomach capacity to the point where even eating going out and eating like a quote-unquote normal meal at a restaurant would leave me just ravenously hungry i would, I would get up and be hungry within five to ten minutes and while i was also doing this i was i was probably consuming about one and a half to two gallons of water a day. So that with a ton of vegetables within a short amount of time will just stretch your stomach uh, a ton. And so that's realistically why I have such a huge stomach capacity, but uh, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it stretching and bursting um, because there have only been like a few documented times in history where that's actually happened um, to people. Like it's very, it's very, very rare that someone's stomach is actually going to rip open and, and, and burst. Yeah, you should, you should talk to David Blaine because he made his stomach into an aquarium and he keeps fish in it. <laughs> you saw that's that, That's my right? next challenge. That's my next challenge. Yeah, you could right probably keep some, like a, like an octopus. Like you could keep some big fish in there, I think. Un- unfortunately, when it wouldn't do too well unless there were goldfish, you know, like the actual crackers. I'd have to come up with some giant goldfish and put them in my stomach because no one would would want to watch that unless it's food. He does real goldfish. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but you do the then. food one. I get it. I get it. Um, I have one question about the YouTube community as compared to the competitive eating community. Mm-hmm. You were saying the competitive eaters blow you out of the water. Um, yeah. Why is that? Is that my, my theory is because isn't competitive eating more timed or like what's why yeah, are they? So they're, um, they're more timed contests. Um, competitive eaters generally have more of a um, preparation to um, these contests. So there's a lot of uh, water training that goes into it. And there's a lot of actual um, like techniques, you know, like certain, um, I know a lot of competitive eaters like go up on stage and they have their, their drinks with them and they'll use like Powerade and they'll use um, different types of like crystal light to make sure that the food um, still tastes good. And they're able to convince their mind that it's, you know, they're not full as, as easy. Um, there's just a lot more technique to competitive eating, but a lot of the big time competitive eaters, you know, like Molly Schuyler, Matt Stoney, Furious Pete, you know, a lot of these other guys, uh, that, that do this, uh, Joey Chestnut, they, their stomach capacity is just way larger than mine, uh, because they do these different types of, of preparation techniques that I just don't want to do. Um, uh, because I'm not really so interested. So they in being... should keep animals in their stomach. <laughs> they are the ones that he needs to contact to keep animals yes. in their stomach. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna talk so, to them. Yeah. Yeah. See how Joey Chestnut would respond. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna let you know. Eric, you you travel to do this sometimes. Is that right? You're in Texas right now, is it? And what are you right, up to there? Right. Um, so I after kind of getting to a, a more of a following on YouTube, I wanted. I remember somebody asked me one day, like how you could use this or like have you ever started or thought about doing a charity um, or anything like that so i wanted to travel and start a charity um fundraiser for what i'm doing right now is for feeding america so every time that i do a restaurant challenge or i complete a challenge i donate 50 dollars to uh, feeding america so i have a facebook um, uh, fundraiser going right now and we've almost gotten to 1500 dollars. my goal is 5000 but so i I feel like now more than ever, I feel like it's it, not a lot of people are, are doing enough uh, for, I guess, charity and, and just for the greater good. So my whole goal in Texas right now is to raise as much money as possible for uh, this charity for Feeding America. So I'm happy that it's gotten to the point where it's at right now. Uh, I've had tons of tons of people donate um, to, to the charity itself. So that's what the whole Texas thing is right now. Eric, the electric, 
what makes you electric? <laughs> the million dollar question. Um, it actually has nothing to do with eating or anything. I, um, I play guitar in high school. And so it was just a name that uh, I felt like as I was creating my YouTube channel would just kind of be cool. But now looking back in retrospect, I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's really I mean, cool. It's cool. I like it. Okay. But you okay, know what? Cool. It reminds me of, of uh, well, Jen and I are a little older than you, but it's, it reminds me of people who were like, what's your AOL screen name? And oh, so now you're okay. like, oh man, why did I choose that? No, but that's good. You know what you should do though? You should come up with a slew of made up reasons. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. That's like a when good you idea. hurt yourself and you're like, you should see the other guy. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. you know, just I'm advocating lying. Hair. I just recently dyed my hair to, to, to yellow so you know I just tell people to look and, at my hair and that's electric that's yeah, like okay. super electric <laughs> there we go <laughs> yeah 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 well we think this interview was electrifying it truly so thank you. was thank you for uh, having thank me. you so yeah. much yeah do you want to shout out tell us uh, where we can find you online yeah so my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Eric the Electric um, Instagram is Eric the Electric as well if you guys search me on Instagram um, and then Facebook the same pretty much everything is Eric the Electric Cool. And um, if we want to follow along with the charity stuff right now on Facebook, is it through your page? Yeah. So if you guys just search, um, well, actually, I put it in the bio of my Instagram, so it'll just be right in the, the description. Also, it's in the, the description of all my recent YouTube videos as well until the end of September. So awesome. Great. All right. Well, sir, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, that was so lovely. He is lovely. And there's so many different aspects to the work that he's doing. Yeah, I love that when you watch his YouTube videos, it's a little bit like fitness, pizza, but then it's like mental health, healthy <laughs> communities. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. It's like so lovely. He was really nice. He was really lovely. Yeah, I have trouble picturing pounds of food. I don't know about you. Like, I need to watch more of his videos, but he's like, you know, multiple pounds. I'm like, what does that mean? A vegetable? I know, right? Like, yeah. when I was like, how much is that? Like, I don't even know how much that is. Why is it so often like junk food? I know. I was curious about that too. I should have asked why. Is there any you competitive know, eating with healthy food? Yeah. As opposed to like, watch me eat 30 Bulgar. pounds of prosciutto. Or that. What? what? <laughs> like bulgur, like the wheat, that, like a. F- the like the like lentil kind of thing? Is that what yeah, like it's a like rice? Yeah, 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 I know it's a grain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's really specific. See, that I mean, is I just not prosciutto. As I know, yeah. I'd watch you eat oh, a pound man, of prosciutto. Prosciutto's so good, except for the poor piglets. Jen, do you know what my favorite thing was that he said? Tell me. That nowadays we eat with our eyes. Do you remember <gasps> what he uh, Me? What did, what did he say? He was like, we don't eat with our, our mouths. No, it was Facials. poetic. <laughs> <laughs> we don't eat with our mouths, we eat with our eyes. By watching food be consumed, you're sort of vicariously eating. And I was reading That's in preparation for this interview, I was reading a lot of research around that. And I did see that as well, that there's a lot of vicarious eating, which also did make me kind of curious. I didn't necessarily want to go there, but like um, if it's healthy for people with eating disorders or not to be watching it and like feel like they're eating or something. Usually my response to watching people eat is wanting to eat something myself. Like I don't even need to be hungry, but if somebody pulls out like pretzels, I'll be like, I need a snack. So I'm confused about the phenomenon because I understand when you see food on the internet and then you want to eat it or you want to cook it, makes perfect sense. And I, I, I'm not the audience for it, but I understand watching someone else eat, uh, you know, the way I would watch someone else play video games, even if I don't own the game, I'm not playing the game. But what Eric said that was so interesting is like people who can't eat those foods or who are suffering with anorexia, they're living vicarious through through him. They're experiencing the food through him. And I get that. But like if I had an eating disorder, I feel like that would 
uh, tempt me or mess me up or or, or put me in a bad mindset about yeah, the, about eating. Yeah, I was curious about that too. Well, also just because, but also if you're anorexic and you're trying not to eat and you're able to eat vicariously through someone else, that's not good either. Um, right. Yeah, so I was kind of curious about that. Uh, I, I, I was debating whether to ask him, but I figured that was like a whole tangent slash wormhole. It's a can of worms. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's definitely interesting. Uh, I mean, I've been interested in general for this podcast, but it's just such a dark area about um, eating disorders and the internet because there's a lot of different facets. Like there's a lot of communities that really help, but there's a lot of communities online actually that they're called pro Anna blogs and they like encourage it and tell you like, Oh, this is a lifestyle choice. Anorexia. Like other people, right. yeah, yeah. Other people need to stop judging you, blah, blah, blah. So it's very fascinating. It's very dark, but um, mm-hmm. you know, as always, there's like this, the, there's the dark side of the internet. Uh, right. But it sounds oh, it like he's out. in conversation with them, which is helpful, yes. I hope. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about how we all, especially in this country, start to develop a healthier relationship with our food. And a competitive eating is like its own thing. I think, you know, definitely when people do that, like you have to be really careful and you need to train and not everybody can do it or should do it. And you should monitor yourself. And it sounds like he's doing all of those things. Um so like more power to him. I think it's amazing. But I'm I'm curious, yeah, for people maybe who have disorders like how or anyone, like how you just start to have a healthier relationship with it because we fetishize it so much in this country. Yeah, there was something about this episode in particular that just felt like so American to me where it's like piles of, I mean, one of his episodes, it was like there was a lot of in and out in it, which I, I fucking love and a good in and out burger. Me too. But you know what I yeah. mean? Just like burgers and fast food, like all the fast food he was talking about and the snacks, it just is like so American. Um, yeah. I, I was also really pleased to hear that he's also helping with like um with the nonprofit fundraiser he's doing to help feed people makes a lot of sense. Um, right, right. Yeah, right. so fascinating. Because also, and something that we may tackle in this podcast is that uh, that is so it is uniquely American, and other countries are really into watching other people eat, but it manifests itself in a different way from what I know. So. I'm excited to Do you look want more to into that and report back. Yeah, so we were looking yeah. at uh, apparently the pronunciation is mukbang. Uh, it's a South Korean trend where they watch people eat. But what's interesting about it, what's really fascinating, is it's like very mundane. Like you just watch people eat a meal. It can be very leisurely. They might not even finish the meal. Um, there's also seems to be overlap with ASMR, where it's really about the sounds of the eating. But the other really interesting thing that I read is that. It's a society where it's very new that people are kind of living by themselves. It's not super accepted to go to a restaurant by yourself. So this helps people feel like they're eating with someone. So it's Mm -hmm. fascinating because it's very popular in the same way that Eric's videos are. But it's really fascinating to me to see how watching videos of people eating manifests itself differently in different cultures. That's so fascinating. I see so many analogies to online gaming because 20 years ago, if you had said, oh, would you like to watch someone else play a video game for two hours? You'd be like, you're insane. But now it's yeah. an industry. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't it. It have like I, I a deal that. with ESPN now that's like going mainstream totally, where you just like sure. watch but other people play. Sure. I mean, I mean, that's competitive gaming, but but I'm so interested. That I get of like, that's an industry, but more importantly, like, hey guys, I am just Joe Streamer and I'm just playing a game by myself but i want you to watch i want you to hang out with me as if you're my friends and you're on the couch with me but we're all in different places so we're all going to hang out and watch me play together and comment and discuss the game that is it that feels like what you, it, it reminds me of what you're talking about mukbang which is um i'm alone and it's a little lonely 
So instead of eating alone or playing video games alone, the internet's here. Let's have mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the internet. Thank God. Wait, Matt, how does it? Are you seeing uh, in terms of gaming? Does that translate differently in different cultures? Um, I I don't know that I could speak to that, but streaming seems to be across cultures, and and I, to, differentiating between you know competitive esports streaming, where you're wa- the way you would watch a basketball game, you are watching to see who is awesome at Fortnite or uh, Dota or whatever. That's that's its own thing, and then this is other thing is just we're just hanging, watch me play. Uh, it seems to be a, it's you know it's American, it's Japanese, it's Korean, it's every it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, technology has increasingly fueled this idea of like alone, but together where like we have this <laughs> acute sense of aloneness, but we're seeking ways to be together, obviously. And food traditionally yeah. for a podcast alone, but together. But yeah, I think food <laughs> traditionally, like for a lot of people is about sharing it with others. So yeah, I could totally see why that translates into people yeah. wanting to watch others. Yeah. Jen, how much have you ever eaten in one sitting? Oh, like the most amount in one sitting? Yeah. I, I don't remember. I imagine it was tied in with a holiday. Usually not Thanksgiving because I like Thanksgiving, but like, I don't go too overboard, but probably Christmas time. There are like lots mm. of desserts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard about this Christmas thing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about food bullying for just a hot second? Yes, please. Of like, hey, would you like some more pie? No, no, I'm full. I'm good. No, you are having pie. Yeah. No, I don't really want. No, you are having it. Yeah. Welcome to every Jewish household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out of my face, man. Yeah, I'm full. Well, also, it's just like I'll be offered the same dish seven times. It's like, no, you already offered it, and I already had some. I don't know why we're still having this conversation. My mother is a food enabler. She will tell her, like, I don't really want to eat chips anymore. I'm taking a break from sweets. But every time I visit her house, that's all she has. It'll be like eight bags <laughs> of chips, and she'll be like, I know you love chips. And I'll be like, no, actually, what I said to you is I'm, I want to take a break from them. She's like, no, all she hears is like chips. And I think it's like her way of trying to stuff us with the love. You're say that you don't want the thing that you want. Be like, oh man, I really don't want any more kale or bulgur, whatever the fuck you just said. No avocados, mom. Take a break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great strategy. Break from those avos. Yeah. Oh my god, you must have such good avocados in California. I can't even imagine. I do. I have one a day because I live in I live in California. I almost said I live in avocado. I live in avocado. (laughs) I live in California. I live in a tiny avocado. (laughs) I do. Housing is tough here in San Francisco. I have an avocado. I live inside of it. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but first, I wanted to share a listener email. What? It's from Chad. Hi, Chad. Yeah, this is important to me because, well, I'll read it. Chad says, love the podcast and love Matt's trivia and science. Uh, in a recent episode, y'all mentioned the idea that the first trees did not rot. I had a tree fact for you guys. This was back in our Ecosexuals episode about how it's my favorite tree fact of all time. There was a period of time in prehistory where trees did not rot. They evolved a certain kind of tissue and there was no organism to break them down and, and they were just fucking trees everywhere. I thought that was the coolest. Fucking trees and everywhere. Says, trees. trees everywhere. <laughs> Chad said he was looking into this because he was fascinated too and there's actually a competing scientific paper that says actually no, uh, that didn't happen. There might have just been like tectonic, like they were trying to explain why there's so much coal 
in the world at this period of time. Like there was so much plant matter that eventually became coal and scientists are not entirely sure why the, the, the rotting not, trees can't rot is one theory. And then this other theory, I guess, that Chad is saying is that um, basically continental plates kind of shifted during Pangaea, which is like the mega continent. And it was like a big wetland and all the trees just went underwater and that's where they went, <laughs> you know, and scientists, I guess, can't agree. So my, what I'm saying here is, is that Chad called into question my favorite tree fact of all time. And honestly, fuck you, Chad, is what I'm trying to say. <gasps> wow. All right, all let's right. get serious. Does this mean that I retroactively got the right answer in trivia? That's a good question. Yeah, that's the real that question. Is, that is yeah, actually that's the real question. Yeah. The million dollar question. Yep. Thank you, Chad, so, for allowing Ellie to win trivia. Yeah. Also, Chad, thanks for putting Matt in his place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we want to hear from you, a la Chad. Like, send us everything you want to We just want to hear from you. So you could tweet at us. You can tweet me at June Bugger, J-O-O-N, Bugger. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com and or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, which we, we might play on the show. And that phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. You can also contribute to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. Every contribution, uh, we take money out of your bank account every month. It's fantastic. We hack in. That's just how we right, hack we in. And hack out. <laughs> so sign up today. Come chat with us. We have this Discord server where we're talking with listeners of the show. We get in there every once in a while. Matt's in there literally all the time. Seriously, Matt, what are you doing with your time? Yeah, Matt, <laughs> um, do you have a job? <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to join us, that's discord.gg slash 2G1P. Right, thanks, guys. We out. Is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula and slathered with chorizo. I mean, edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing for this episode by Logan Yuri. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in depth reporting about life on the internet. 2G1P is made possible by sheer force of will. And you, brave listener, Ali and Jen, plus your support on Patreon is a recipe for success. Visit patreon.com slash 2G1P to discover the sick perks all the kids are Snapchatting about. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. (laughs) Your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. Tune in lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Children's groups, it's what's for dinner.